There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. Anybody else besides me looking forward to the word? Come on, lift your Bibles high. Let's make our confession of faith together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest, and that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we tell you that we are open and we're ready. Father, I pray that expectation would increase in this building and expectation would increase online. We declare, God, that we are open and ready to receive. We lay down every burden. We cast down every care because we are ready to receive from you. Tell them, Wednesday, say, Lord, I'm open and I'm ready. Say it again. Say, I'm open and I'm ready for better in my life. Say, I speak better over every area of my life. Come on, Wednesday, say, I decree better over every area of my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. So listen, we're in our series called Let's Start Over, Scratch That, Let's Start Better. And on Sunday, I taught you that we are better together. Say we're better together. We learn from John 14, 12, this powerful revelation. Revelation literally means to uncover something. That's why the book of Revelation is not a book you should be afraid of because it is not um, predicting the end of a thing. It's predicting the uncovering of a thing. Literally, revelation comes from the Greek word apocalypto, where we get our word apocalypse, which means to reveal that, which has been there the whole time. It's amazing to me because yesterday when I was looking west, even though the mountains were there, I could not see them because they were obstructed by cloud cover. Pay attention the mountains didn't move something moved in front of the mountain so I couldn't see what was there and for some of you there are things that are obstructing your view so you can't even see what's already in front of you and tonight my assignment is to make sure that what's been in your way it gets out of your way because what God has done to you you got to hear me somebody say it's already done Sometimes there's things that are obstructing your view to being able to see what he's already prepared and what he's already done for you. So the revelation, the uncovering of this verse is this. It says, anyone who believes in me, this is Jesus speaking, as Savior will also do the things that I do, which means anything we saw Jesus do, you and I can do. That's powerful, y'all, because I never saw Jesus in a situation that he didn't get himself out of. 
When Peter didn't have enough money to pay his taxes, he said, go fishing. In other words, do what you do, and when you do what you do, you're going to find what you need. Peter went fishing, and when he went fishing, he found gold in the fish's mouth. And for some of you, I need to tell you this. you got to be consistent in doing what you do, because in doing what you do, you're going to find what you need. I wish you touched somebody on the shoulder and say, be consistent, be consistent, be now, uh, anytime Jesus got in a situation, he always got himself out of that situation. And a healing testimony just walked in. Uh, he got himself out of that situation. Pay attention. The Bible says this. The Bible says that one day that there is a storm and Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat while this storm is going on. And his disciples say to him, care not that we perish. In other words, God, you see what we're going through and you evidently don't care. It wasn't that he didn't care. It's just that he wasn't moved by what moved them. Be careful that you don't let something move you that God's not moved by. God's not moved by the fact that people are talking about you. God's not moved by the fact that people are coming against you. Why? He said, watch me, if he be you who would dare be against you so Jesus watch me he wakes up and when he wakes up he commands the storm to be still in other words every storm that you're in you have the ability to say listen I need you to hush right now pay attention he didn't stop the storm he said I need you to be still in other words I need you to stop moving me I'm gonna move you in other words let me see if I can say it another way I'm not afraid of the storm baby I am the storm I I need some of y'all's faith to increase in this building and online. Would you elbow somebody next to you and say, speak to it, speak to it, speak to it. Jesus was in a situation one day where there were 5,000 men plus women and children. And he tells his team to feed the people. And they said, we do not have enough to be able to feed the people. They said, we do not have enough to be able to take care of the people. And pay attention. Jesus literally, he says, well, tell me what you do have. And for some of you, you keep telling God what you don't have. And what you got to learn how to do is say, but what do I have that's going to get me what I want? I wish you'd open your mouth and say, I have everything I need. I have that's why the scripture says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness because everything that you need, you literally already have. Jesus said, what do we have? And he goes to this little boy and they said, we got this little boy's lunchable. He's got two fish and five loaves of bread. In other words, watch me. This is not even enough to feed more than a young man. Yet you want to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Pay attention. Uh, you want to feed 5,000 men plus women and children with a little boy's lunch. Pay attention. He's probably not going to be able to make it with all of this. You know, how in the world do you think that you're going to feed all of these people? And for some of y'all, you're looking at what you have and comparing it to what you think you need. And what you don't recognize is that what you have is all of you need in the first place. Bible says that Jesus gave thanks and then he broke it. Which means, here's what you got to do. You got to look at what you have. You got to give thanks for it. And then you got to say, God, now show me how to work what I got. For some of y'all, you're about to go home and take what you got. And you're about to turn it into something amazing. You're about to take a stimulus check and turn it into a seven-figure business. You're about to take a bad hand. And I wish I had faith in this building. God, dog, would you please touch somebody next to you and tell them you're about to work what you have. You, you're about to take that one business idea and it's about to build you an empire. You're about to take that one situation and it's about to open a whole new door for you. You're about to take that abusive past and you're about to become an empower of people who are in the same abuse as you were in. I need you to say, I'll do those things. 
that I saw Jesus do. But that's not the best part of the verse, Wednesday. The best part of the verse, I'm preaching so passionately because I'm trying to get you to see what you're supposed to do. You can't talk about greater things like I'm talking about tonight and just sit there like, ooh, that's good. If you don't clap your hands, if you don't open your mouth, why? Because you're about to shut the mouths of every hater. You're about to shut the mouths of every person in your bloodline that talks about you. You know why they talk about you? Because you're worth talking about. You know why they run their mouth about you? Because you're worth running your mouth about. Since they ain't got no business, they all up in your business because evidently you got business that's worth talking about. I wish you touch somebody on the shoulder next to you and say, you're worth talking about. Yeah, you're a headliner, baby. You ain't no backup act. You're a headliner. He says, these things that I do, we would do. Anything we saw Jesus do Wednesday, you and I would do. But that's not the best part. Say, what's the best part? The best part is he says this. He says, but even greater things than these would you and I do. Somebody say greater things. Say it again. Say greater things. Uh -uh. Now, greater things means anything that I saw him do, it ain't just going to be that. Somebody say it's going to be more than that. Now, 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 what in the world could be more than what Jesus did? Jesus, he speaks to a Lazarus who has been dead now for days. And here's what I love about it. Jesus intentionally delayed going to get Lazarus because he said, I want to show you a miracle. Every delay is to your benefit. For some of you, God is waiting and he's been waiting on purpose, not to punish you, but to position you to cease the miraculous. Because for some of y'all, watch me, you love him, but you really don't trust him. So because you don't trust him and he knows you don't trust him, he's got things on delay. And he says, listen, now I'm using this delay not to punish you, but to position you because you're about to see me do. You're about to literally see me take something that is impossible and you're about to watch me make it a possibility. Please lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm about to see the impossible. I So, so when he shows up to the tomb, the Bible says that Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, they are crying and there are professional mourners that are around them saying, how awful is this? This is crazy. I can't believe Jesus did this and all that. And they're sitting there talking all of that crazy stuff. They are already preparing for the eulogy. Hear me. God sometimes does not set up for the miraculous until you've begun to eulogize the moment. I'll say it again so that the people in the back get it. Sometimes he does not set up for the miraculous until the moment has been properly set up and you begin to eulogize them. See, when you begin to say, well, I guess that was it. I guess I tried. I guess I did. Then he's like, now let me show you something. Please. If you even kind of little bit like your neighbor, just touch him on the shoulder and say, you're being set up for a miracle. I, Online, y'all type that. You're being set up for a miracle. He's literally, he literally waited until Lazarus began the process. Watch me. Was supposed to begin the process of decay. He literally waited. And then he shows up. And when he shows up, one of them says, well, had you been here, he would not have died. In other words, Lord, you're late. 
and had you did what you were supposed to do, watch me, then this wouldn't have happened. It's amazing because they walk with Jesus hand in hand uh, for three and a half years, yet they loved him and did not trust him. It is possible for you to have been saved for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and you love the Lord, but the truth is you don't trust him. You want to know why? Because you've not had enough turbulence. You've not had enough turbulence, and so because you've lacked turbulence, you literally have been in a position and in a situation where, watch me, when you lack turbulence, you get comfortable. When you get comfortable, you can begin to think that the reason things are so smooth is because of you. You don't recognize that there's a pilot that's making sure he avoids... He flew the plane over here to avoid the storm over there. He took it over here to avoid the lightning over there. And for some of you, you don't even recognize your life is as good as it is, not because of your education, not because of your background, not because you make such good decisions. It's because you've got a pilot that knows how to navigate. He walks up on Lazarus, and when he walks up on Lazarus, uh, walks up on the tomb that Lazarus is in, he says, Lazarus! The Bible says he vociferates. He gets loud. He calls him out, and he has to call him out by name because if he doesn't call Lazarus' name, everybody that has ever died is about to get up. If you read your Bibles, you'll discover that that's literally what happened. When Jesus resurrected, everybody look at me, it wasn't just Jesus that got up. The Bible says that people who had died got up out their graves. Which means the power of Christianity is so powerful, it is so potent, it is so superfluous. Watch me, that he's got the ability to do things in one verse that other people look at and say that was supposed to take years. So Lazarus is literally dead, he's been dead, he's at the point of decay, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says, and he that was dead got up. And your business plan that was dead and your self-esteem that was dead and your passion that was dead and your fight that was dead I don't know who I'm talking to tonight but I think there's some of you all where I need to Lazarus you tonight Wednesday night get up harvest get up I need your faith to stir. I need everybody in this building and online. Get on your feet and release a praise for five seconds. Go, five. Everybody, four, three. Hallelujah. 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 God, I pray a refreshing over every person tonight. I pray a stirring of the Holy Ghost in every person tonight. I pray we log off and leave this building full. Open your mouth and say, Lord, I need a refill. You can be seated. He says, all the things that I did, you will do. Here's the best part of the verse. And greater things than these will we do. What's greater than bringing somebody that was dead back to life? It's not greater because of quality. It's greater because of quantity. Notice it says in extent and outreach. Pay attention. Jesus later on in the verse, he says, because I'm getting ready to go. He says, I had three and a half years to give you a template for you to follow the template so you could go duplicate it. You're about to duplicate what you saw Jesus do. <laughs> he started from the bottom. 
He came from a place called Nazareth. And you know what they said about Nazareth? They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Let me see if I, can anything good come out of Denver? Can anything good come out of your background? Can anything good come out of your situation? You want to know what it is? Somebody say, I'm that good thing. I'm you're the good thing that's going to come out of whatever it is that you've been in. Jesus started from the bottom and transformed the world with an okay team. The Bible says, greater things than these shall you do. Watch me, watch me, in extent and in reach. And I talked to you on Sunday, uh, the how. Because I, I asked the question, well, how is it that we're going to do more than what he did? Greater things. Well, it's because we need unity. Everybody say unity. Number one, you need unity with God. In the first Corinthians 6, 17, but the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Question, are you joined and unified to God? How do you know? You know that you're unified to God because you don't do your own thing. You always watch me check to make sure the thing you're doing is his thing. Part of unity means alignment. Say alignment. Which means anything in my life that is not in alignment with God, then, then that means I get in alignment with God because I don't want to break unity. Uh, see, unity is like a symphony. It, it, it is from this Greek word symphoneo, uh, which literally means we don't sound the same, but we sound together. See, you are not God. See, we live in a culture that would literally make you think that you are him. So instead of giving worship to him, you want him to worship you. Well, how do you know that? Because even during times of worship, watch me, you have to be careful that it doesn't all become about me, 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 instead of being about him, 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 him. Make sure that you don't come to worship with the intent of being worshipped. Say, buddy, say, I'm unified with the Lord. All right, watch me. Look at this next one. Unity with yourself. Now, this is important because most people are have disunity internally which explains why it's so difficult for them to have unity corporately it's going to be difficult for anybody to like you if they don't like themselves some of y'all are angry but so-and-so don't like me baby they don't like themselves so-and-so don't love me they don't love themselves so-and-so ain't faithful to me have they you seen them be consistent to themselves Unity with yourself means all three parts of you. You are a spirit that's your subconscious mind. you have a soul that's your mind, thoughts, will and emotions. And you live in a physical body. Check this out. When all three parts of you come into unity, pay attention. Uh, you look at Job 22 and 28. Pay attention to the verse. Job 22. Pay attention to the verse. Anytime. Job 22. Two is the biblical number of witness. Can I break the verse down? Two, 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 eight. All right. Pay attention. Eight is the number of a new beginning. You're going to witness. You're going to witness. You're going to witness a new beginning. Here's the verse. It says, you will succeed. Shut your mouth. I don't mean it literally. I just mean it's so good to me that it makes me want to holler. You will succeed in whatever you choose to do. Here's what's amazing. When you have unity in yourself, you can set a goal and get it done. Why? Because the Bible says, whatever I choose to do, I will have success in that. Can I get a few of you that believe that this is the type of life you're about to live from this day forward? To just lift your hands and for three seconds, just worship the God of your success. If you don't believe this, put your hands down and do nothing. If you believe it, put your hands up and do something. Three, two, come on Wednesday. Say, whatever I choose to do. 
If you decide to open a cake making business tomorrow and you don't even know how to make cakes because you're in unity with yourself. My spirit said I'm going to do it. My soul said I'm going to do it. My body yada 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 do it. My spirit step to do it. My soul step to do it. My body yada 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 do it. You'll catch it. My spirit said to do it. My soul said to do it. My body yada yada said to do it. My spirit said to do it. My soul said to do it. My body yada yada said to do it. Look what the Bible says. Whatever you choose to do, you will succeed in it. You want to know why people have unnecessary failure? Because they didn't have unity when they decided. So the moment it gets difficult, one of the parts of you pulls out. Your emotions pull out. And now you can't succeed because all of you, look at it, whatever you, all of you has to decide. So, so now your thoughts pull out. And when your thoughts pull out, now all of a sudden you're not all in. See, for some of you, watch me, here's going to be the greatest fight of your life. But if you master this fight, you'll be able to succeed in anything that's behind. But the greatest fight of your life is going to be keeping you in alignment. I keep my spirit in alignment with my soul. How do you do that? Your soul is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. I tell my mind what to think. I tell my emotions what to feel. But if I just feel in some type of way, tell them to feel different. What did the apostle Paul do? I've taught you this before. He literally was standing in front of King Agrippa in chains. And you want to know what he did? He said literally, he said, King Agrippa, I think myself happy. Pay attention. Look, what did he do in that verse? He said that he commanded a couple of things. He says, I think, which means I literally am telling myself what to think. And then I think myself happy. That's an emotion. So I told my thoughts what to do. I told my mind what to do. I told my will what to do. I told my emotions what to do. See, for some of you, the greatest enemy you will ever face is your inner me. You will succeed in whatever all of you chooses to do. So that means then if, if there was a lack of success, which part are you pulled out? Did your body pull out? Did, you, did, did, did your emotions pull out? Did your thoughts pull out? Because then you, will, you cannot have what you did not pay for. I'll say it again. There is no free lunch. You cannot have what you did not pay for. And for some of you, watch what you're about to pay. And this is why some of you, you've been getting real frustrated with yourself. Okay, I wish I had some honest people. This is, watch me, sometimes God has to reveal it so he can heal it. So he's letting you see things about you and you're like, man, you really need to get that together. Can I tell you that's God pushing you into alignment? So last week, last week, I told, uh, a, a few years ago, I saw this thing and I went to this chiropractor. And not because I had been in an accident or needed a chiropractor. I just like, you know, I hear all these stories. People going to chiropractors and they feel good. I was like, well, I'm going to go to a chiropractor too. I just want you to check it out. He ran this scan. Of my, of, my, uh, of my spine, and he ran this scan, and, uh, and it was all green except to when you got up here, and then it was just a little yellow, and, and, he's, and the yellow meant, and then red meant it was real bad, yellow meant, you know, there's some type of obstruction, the cartilage, there's some type of obstruction that's there, and what it can do is it can affect your body, pay attention, whenever there is disunity uh, in your spine, it can have global effects on your body. So the lower it is, it would affect different things. The higher it was, it had what they call global effects, which means you can have allergies that are related to your spine not being in alignment. Y'all not listening. You can have things that you'd be like, there's no way this is related to my spinal cord, but it is because your spine is connected to your brain and your brain tells your body what to do. 
So, so he did that, and he used this little tool, and I didn't really feel nothing. He would do the little tap, tap, and say, okay, that's it. I said, I'm going to feel something. I said, I didn't see it on TikTok, all these people getting snatched up and rolled over. So last week, so last week, so last week, I, 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 I went to a chiropractor. I said, listen, and I told him, I said, I don't want that too. I said, don't come out here with that little tap, tap. I don't like that. He says, well, your body will naturally heal. I said, I don't want to hear all that. I said, I want to get you snatch me and turn me, and I want to hear something. So, so he's doing what he's doing, and as he's doing what he's doing, he's giving me all this information, and he's doing all that. And then I tell him, I said, you know, I, I do my neck. And he gave me this exercise to do that uh, for my neck and all that. He says, this is a better way to do that. I said, that's good. And then he's, he's you know, pushing and rubbing and pushing and all that. And then he said, but I don't see anything that, that's, uh, you know, that really is, is alarming. So you can come back when you want to come back. I said, well, you finna do something today. Other than that, I'm going to need my copay back. Listen, you, if all we was going to do was talk, we could have talked on the phone. Other than that, I'm going to need that copay back. I'm just keeping it 100, okay? <laughs> Let me get that back up off for you, all right? And so, so then, so then he, he puts me in this position, and he turns me, pulls my leg up, turns me, and then he leans on over. You know, he, like, he leaned with it and rock with it. And, and when he, he said, now, you're going to hear some things you ain't heard before. And so when he did that, I was like, Whoa. I said, do that again. I said, and then he was kept, he kept pulling my neck and says, what are you trying to stretch my neck out? He's stretching my neck. I said, like, pay attention. And stretch my neck. And then he said, you're about to hear something you've not heard. And I said, you, you crack your neck all the time. He said, but you've never cracked it like this. He pulled that neck back. Pop! I was like, <laughs> I said, do that again. He said, find another one. <laughs> you're missing it. The fact that he had to do that means that there was something that was slightly out of alignment. And when it got in alignment, I could feel it getting better. Oh, my God. For some of you all, watch me. It's got to make noise, but the noise that's being made is evidence that something is coming into alignment. I don't need you to be afraid of the noise. I need you to embrace the noise because the noise means something is coming into alignment. Don't be afraid of the calamity. Don't be afraid of the chaos. That means something is coming into alignment. Then I taught you on Sunday that we need unity in corporately in four areas. Corporately as a church. I talked to us as a church, as a people. Number one, we needed to see harvest. We needed to understand um, that we are uh, a global family of a hybrid church. This is, this is so amazing because there's more of us online than in a building. And you can't even judge it by the lives. There are more of us. Our podcast is the number one way that people get the word. It blows my mind to see that. We run into people all the time that I've never met in person, but they are just as connected to our family as people that I see every week. We exist to change lives by leading people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church and global locations, which means everywhere you are, we are. Everywhere you are, we are. Number two, I said this, that I need you to serve harvest. The Bible says that we've all been given gifts, talents, skills, and abilities, and you can use those to serve. In this building, you can use those to serve online, no matter where you're at, you're able to use those gifts to serve. Why? When you serve, what you're doing is you're putting down roots, and you cannot expect to flourish if you don't have roots that are in the ground. 
Some of you say, well, Bishop, I got a limited amount of time. I've got this. I've got that. I understand that. But Jesus said the greatest among you will be those that serve, which means if, you're, if, you, uh, if you obfuscate serving, you're obfuscating greatness. And watch me. And you've gone through too much not to be great. Come on, open up your mouth. Say, greatness is all over me. Come on. Number three, I told you to seek others to connect to harvest. Uh, who's saved because of you? You're not just saved from something. You are saved for something, which means you got to make sure you're using your life to bring people to the Lord. You can do it digitally. You could do it in person. We used to do a lot in person. Every Saturday, for those who have been around for a while, we remember we used to take the city invites. And Saturday mornings, we, it'd be a, we'd, be a, we'd be loaded up in here. And we would pray, and we would go out and hit the community. Now, you can hit the community from your phone. Now, you can reach more people from your phone. Think about that. You can reach more people from your phone than you ever could in an in-person meeting. All right, so who are you seeking to connect? This is why if you haven't shared online, click the share button. If you haven't subscribed, click the subscribe button. Why? When you do that, it reaches more people. Number four, I told you we needed unity. You needed to support your shepherd. Why? Because we are better together. What does the Bible say? That if you smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. And harvest, you have a shepherd that one, loves God, the number two, that loves the people that he leads. My assignment is really simple. is to make sure you get results in your life. That's why when I preach, I could care less about what anybody else is preaching, what anybody else is doing, because it is my responsibility to make sure when I stand before God, I tell him that I led the people that he gave me and I led them according to the way that he told me to lead them. Because I want to hear these words. Well done, my good and faithful. I'm not just a servant, I'm a son. Tell somebody next to you, say, say you're not just a servant, you're a son or daughter, whatever they are, whatever. You have to support your shepherd because let's be honest, listen, 1,700 pastors quit every single month. Many pastors struggle with depression, seven out of ten. Over 50% of pastors say that they would quit if they could, but they can't. Could you imagine being on a team? This is why some Christians are crazy, because their shepherd is crazy. This is, why some, this is why some Christians, you meet them, you're like, you are just rude as, I almost said it. You are, you're just awful. Why? Because, because sometimes they're picking that up from the head. You got it? Not always, but sometimes they're picking it up from the head. Pay attention. You have to support your shepherd. If, if I am your shepherd, I just want you to take five seconds, stretch your hands towards me, and I just want you to pray for these three things, strength, shalom, and clarity. Would you pray for those three things for me? Go. Just take a few seconds. Pray for me. Online, stretch your hands towards me on the screen. We have to have unity here. Most people get mad that they don't get supported, but they never teach people how to support them. I'm telling you as your shepherd, Bless who blesses you, support who supports you, cover who covers you in prayer. I cover you in prayer, cover me in prayer. I need you to pray that those keys get put in my hand. For what next is for us as a church. Come on, open your mouth, tell the Lord, say, Lord, I support my shepherd. Say it again, say, Lord, I support my shepherd. Say it again, Lord, I support my shepherd. Now, 
Because we're better together. Look at Psalm 133. Psalm 133 says this. It's a song of ascent. And I taught you on Sunday uh, that we are likened unto eagles in scripture, among several other things. When an eagle, when an eagle is going into flight, it doesn't just go into flight. An eagle doesn't just step off of a cliff and just start flapping their wings. In fact, eagles rarely flap their wings because their wingspan and the wing strength is so strong that one flap can carry them for miles. Let me tell you, for, for many of you, one right move is going to carry you through the end of this year. One right connection is going to carry you. You just got to, you don't need to meet everybody. You just need to meet your divine connection. What if I prayed that God brought him your divine connections? Father, every divine connection that you have ordained for us, we call it in right now. In the name of Jesus, open up your mouth, Wednesday, say, my divine connections are coming. One flap will carry an eagle for miles. So this is called a song or a psalm, same word. A song is a psalm and a song is a psalm um, of ascents, which means when an eagle is going into flight, it first dives. And then once it has got enough depth, it then has something called lift. It spreads its wings and it will ride the dive. Okay, I'll come over here. Y'all were doing good. The energy shifted. Right? For many of you, you resist the dive. When what you need to learn how to do is how to ride the dive. See, some of y'all are looking, oh, look at what's going on in the economy. Do you not know that there's, listen to me, they reported yesterday there's a brand new billionaire every single day in this market. Y'all not saying that. If people are doing this good in a dive, it ought to be you and it. All right, I'll talk over here. I'll talk over here. Where the favor is at. Don't you tell me. I don't want to hear about no inflation. I don't want to hear about no, we're not participating in inflation. We're not participating in rising prices. If other people are riding the dive, I need my church to ride the dive. I need for you to say, Lord, I need you to prosper me even in the midst of a pandemic. The eagle, the eagle rides the dive and as the eagle rides the dive, it opens its wings, and when it opens its wings, one flap will carry it for miles. So when this is called a song of ascent, to ascend, you have to first descend. But to ascend, and you have to first descend, pay attention, to ascend means better. So this is a psalm to get better. All right, verse 1, behold, how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in what? Unity. U-N-I-T-Y. You and I, do I, okay, all right, y'all don't know that one. It's Queen Latifah, y'all need to know your Bibles. Listen, verse two, it is like the precious oil on the head running down, which means, pay attention, the goal of disunity, the goal of the enemy is to disconnect you from the head because the oil runs down from the head. This is why, watch me, faithful church attendance isn't just about faithful church attendance. It's about making sure I stay connected, one ultimately to the ultimate head. But then since he's given you a shepherd, he's given you an earthly head. That's Numbers 27. Let us set a man over the congregation that can lead them in and take them in and bring them out. Why? So because that's how the oil runs down. 
What is the oil? It's the anointing, which means what's on the head, it runs down. I need you to open up your mouth and say, it runs down. It runs down. Uh -uh, which means you want to see God, pay attention, you want to see God do great things for your head because if he's done great things for your head, that oil is about to hit the body. See, I need to teach you how to not be like the world and respond the way the world does. You want to pray, God bless my shepherd, why? Because when that oil starts pouring, I want that oil to come hit my head. When that oil starts pouring, I want that oil to hit my family, to hit my life. Somebody say, I want that oil. Everything flows down. And anything that is not in unity will not get the oil. Look at the next verse. It says, for there, where? Unity. The Lord commanded the blessing. And what three areas? With God, with yourself, corporately. Say it with me. With God, with myself, corporately. Now, better sounds exciting Wednesday, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't better sound good? Like, when we say better, you know, y'all get, get turned up. When we say better, y'all start shouting. When we start better, you know, y'all go in. Okay, but can I tell you the truth? Say, tell us the truth, Bishop. Better sounds exciting, but better comes with burdens. What are the burdens? What is a burden? It's a weight. It's a load. It's something that troubles you. Why? Because it's easier to stay stagnant. It's easier to do nothing, be nothing, have nothing, say nothing, succeed at nothing. You have to be careful if you live in a city that supports and celebrates nothingness. You have to be careful that you're not around friends that support and celebrate nothingness. Don't do that. Why you want to do that? You're doing too much. Why are you trying to do that? You shouldn't be doing all of that. You be, you be doing too much. You got to make sure you're around people that when you say better, watch me, something alive, something comes alive in them. I'm about to get you to test your role. You're about to say better and watch the response of the people around you. At home, watch the response of the people around you. If something in them don't move, don't shake, don't do something, you, this would be a good opportunity to go grab you another seat. Why? Because you don't need disunity around you that doesn't want to see you do better. We're going to shout better and then check your section. One, two, three, better! Check your section. Check your section. Check, check who's watching with you. Check who's at your house. If they ain't clapping, if they ain't celebrating, go sit somewhere else. Their refusal to praise God with you is an indication they don't have any business being with you. Shout it one more time. One, two, three. Pat up. Let's go. Let's go. So, so, so it's easy to stay stagnant, especially if you're in an environment that supports stagnation. If you're around people who support stagnation. So let's do this. This message is called the burden of better. And I want to introduce you to a man that wanted better, but then had to confront the burdens of better. And I want to walk you through this because for many of you, you didn't start having trouble until you wanted better. When you was out a twerking video girl, you didn't have no problems. Say amen. When you were a loser man, not trying to do nothing, you didn't have no problems. But the moment you said, I'll be a mighty man of valor, all of a sudden you had trouble, trouble. 
The moment you said, no, I will be an honorable woman of God, all of a sudden you had trouble, trouble. So let me introduce you to this man. I've introduced you to him before, but I want to show you to him from a different angle. We find him in John chapter number five. John's gospel is not a synoptic gospel um, because his gospel is written years later. That's why all of the other gospels start with genealogies that then lead into a chronological disposition of Jesus's life. It's not how John's gospels start. John, because he's writing his in retrospect from an introspective place. He goes back, and when he starts his gospel, he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when John is looking at this story, John is able to look back and remember things and see things that perhaps others would not be able to see. Sometimes it takes you looking back so that you can properly move forward. Because when you look back, you were mad at somebody that when you look back, you say, I shouldn't have been mad in the first place. Right? So John 5 and 3. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. Pay attention. Which means the majority of people won't better, but won't do what it requires to be better. Now, are you going to be a part of the multitude or the minority? Because you can't be in both groups. Either you're going to be willing to be different than everybody else or you're going to live like everybody else. Wednesday, make your choice right now. Are you going to be part of the multitude or are you going to be in the minority? You got to make your choice or you got to make it right now. Just open your mouth. Whatever your choice is, put it in the atmosphere. I, me, I choose to be part of the minority. I don't want to be a part of the multitude that's laying around, sitting up, not doing nothing, not accomplishing nothing, blaming God for what's going on in the earth when we were sent to be the answers for what is happening in the earth. And these are a great multitude of sick people. Now, what does sick people mean? They're infected. All right, so here's, here's how you can begin to get to a place um, where things are not good and you sometimes don't recognize it. You've been infected. The danger of infection is that you can be infected on Monday and not show symptoms until later. See, you didn't recognize that having that negative person around you was such a bad thing until you saw the symptoms. They were gone, but their symptoms remained. They are infected. What have you been infected with? Negativity? What have you been infected with? Doubt? What have you been infected with? Fear? What have you, been, you know what? Some Christians are infected. Listen, don't think just because you meet them at church, they ain't carrying something. Why? If, if part of what church is is a hospital, that means everybody is dealing with something. And let me be clear, everywhere is a hospital, whether you know it or not. So don't say, that's why I don't go to church. No, let me help you because let me get you together. Because everywhere you go is a hospital. You got people that, you, you, have you seen your coworkers? If they work in your last nerve on Microsoft Teams, just imagine what they would do if y'all were back in the office. There was a multitude of infected people. And when you have the same thing everybody else does, they put you all together. I can tell you who you are based on who you're around. And somebody said, Bishop, I'm not around a lot of people. Then that means what you have required isolation. You ready? Which means God says, I don't want you spreading this, so I'm going to let you deal with yourself. 
And what kind of people were they? They were blind, people that could not see. Say, Lord, give me my sight. Say, give me clear vision. They were lame people. These were people who could not move forward. Pay attention. These were people who could not see into the future. They had no vision. But then you have got people who could not move forward. There are some people who say, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I just can't move forward. I just can't get over it. I just can't move on. Look at the next part. Then it says, they were paralyzed people. So we have blind, we have lame, we have paralyzed. Paralyzed means powerless and ineffective. These are people who complain about everything but do nothing. These are people who have a problem with everything but bring no solutions for anything. You have met people like that, that they have a problem. Everything is a problem. And when you say, well, what's the solution? Well, I don't really have no solutions. Well, listen, when you get some solutions, come holler at me. Then watch me. What are they doing? They are waiting passively. So let's go back to verse 2 to see the kind of people that are there. The previous verse, excuse me. The previous first part of the verse. First part of the verse. We've got blind people. We got infected people. We got lame people. Right? We got paralyzed people. And they're all waiting. Stop. They're in a passive posture. You know what they're waiting on? They're waiting for the stirring of the water. Bible says that every year, by the way, during a feast time, we're, we're in the middle of the spring feast. Every year, I rebuke the spirit in this room that's trying to oppose my flow right now. I take authority over that in Jesus' name. It says, it says, literally, it says literally that they would stir, the angel would come in and stir the water. Look at the verse. It says they were passively waiting for an angel to come move the water. I have questions. Say, what are your questions, Bishop? Well, why not pray for the angel to come earlier? You said it. Well, they said they only going to give them out on the 1st and the 15th. I thought your God was God. I thought you could demand favor. I thought you could go down there and say, I need to talk to somebody and I ain't leaving until I get what I can. Why are you so passive? Touch your neighbor, say, I rebuke your passivity. Say, but I speak power. God, say it like I need you to say it, but I speak power into you right now. You call until they answer. You email until they answer. You text until they answer. Stop taking no for an answer. Get what you came for. Look at me. That's my first question. Why not do something about it? We just waiting on the angel to come. Okay, here's another question. If all the angel is doing is stirring it, pick you up a Get you a broomstick, take the head off of. <laughs> stir that water for yourself. They're good, they protect it. <laughs> like, sir, don't mess your boots up. They're okay. Got to spray your boots. Look at me. <laughs> Y'all like, that's right, Bishop. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> spray them boots. <laughs> Everybody watch me. Everybody watch me. Everybody watch me. Why not do it yourself? Look, all I, can I help you? 
Say, Lord, make me an adaptive learner. Which means if all he's doing is that, they don't look that high. Father, in Jesus' name, what do I have to lose if I try? I've been sitting here with these folks for years, not going nowhere. Some of you watch me. I rebuke your fear of trying. Because you're scared of what will happen if it don't work. Well, ain't nothing working now. Why not go stir it yourself? That, that's what I would have did. I would have heard. I would have had a whole stirring company. I would have got the people with the strongest looking arms, and I would have said, "Listen, you four, y'all come stir this." And y'all going to stir it, and we're going to just test it. We're going to put some anointing oil in here, and we're just going to believe God, and we're going to trust God. Go get the man of God. Cause, 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 because, listen, they attributed the experience to the angel, but angel just means messenger, which means when you finally get the message, you get the movement. I wish you'd lift your hands and say, Lord, give me the message, please. I I pray that you'd finally get it and stop running from who God called you to be. I look at the next part. Next, next part. Next part. This is for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first. So look at this. Look at this. Here's bird number one. You can't move slowly. If you want better, you're going to have to. It can't take you eight weeks to decide. It cannot. It cannot take you. Four months, not four, four. It can't take you four months to make a decision. It cannot take you eight years to decide. Someone say, I cannot move slowly. Because the principle was, is whoever got into the water first. Now, here's the other thing about me. I love God. I love people. I love life. But let me tell you something. After I didn't see in a couple years that you have to be down there first, Yeah, I'm right here. Bible says that he had his bed with him. <laughs> he had one of them good seedly pastorpedics. <laughs> if you got to get in here first, baby, I'm going to need you to back up. Don't you care about other people? I do. And I can do more for y'all when I'm better for me. So, so I'm going to get mine first. Okay? Well, yeah, back up. I'm right here. See, it's amazing that, watch me, that we will sometimes fight for things. But in our fight for things, we will fight for all the wrong things. And the right thing, you fighting to be right, screw that. Ain't no victory in that. Instead, fight for something that actually has a trophy to get. You fighting to win an argument with somebody that still don't get it. Who cares? I ain't finna sit here and go back and forth with you. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you. I'd have my bed right here. First one in, right here. Matter of fact, come over here if you want to. And then let's just imagine that somebody tried. Let's imagine that somebody tried. Come on, come on, come on. Imagine that somebody tried, tried to come on. Come on, come on, come on. Try, come, no, come up over here. No, you gotta come the front way. No, you gotta come to the front. Mm -mm. No, look, I would trip her. And I said, Lord, heal her after I trip her, after I knock her down. I'm just messing. 
Lord, help her. <laughs> Lord, I know I pushed her down, but Lord, she should have known not to come. <laughs> Say, I can't move slowly. After the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Look at the prize. The prize is that whatever your problem is, is gone. The prize is too big for you to be passive. The prize is too substantive for you to be passive. Y'all still with me? Okay, now I know some of y'all are stuck on that because you're like, well, you know, if they're trying to go down there first, I just move out the way. And that passive attitude is why you've been sitting on the same thing for eight years. Because you helping everybody else instead of doing, you should have got that class done years ago. But you're sitting there taking care of this one, that one, doing this and that. You ready? All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Verse 5. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity. Won't you come be my certain man? Now, a certain man was there. Now, why does it not tell us his name? doesn't tell us his name because you can put yourself there. Can I get everybody to say your first and last name? See, because that name is about to be brought up. That name is about to be heard in rooms. That when they hear your name, it's going to make them say, say that again. Now, a certain man was there that had an infirmity. Infirmity is interesting because notice, infirmity doesn't mean the issue. It means the handicap from the issue. In other words, you ever met somebody that because they went through something, they justified why they did something else? So they'd be like, you know, I just, you know, I just had a rough relationship with my mama, so that's why I cheat on women. You know. Come on now. So, okay, so the issue was the rough relationship, but the handicap is you justified disloyalty. Okay, y'all okay, okay, don't like that one. Let's leave that alone. <laughs> Apparently, apparently that one was too real. <laughs> Let's leave that one alone. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, so, so they're the person, so they hurt their foot. So you hurt your foot. Okay, okay. That's your knee. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Okay, oh, okay, all right. Okay, all right, there we go. All right, very good. Hey, okay, all right. So, so they hurt their foot. But now, when they hurt their foot, you know what? Everything they do, they, they, look, okay, so now, they sign loud. You ask them to type a report, and they tell me, but I can't do that because my foot hurt. What does your foot have to do with typing this report? What's your, what do your fingers have to do with your foot? I'm confused. You ready? I'm just going through a lot at home. I can't serve right now. So the issue is what you're going through. The handicap is that you're using it as a reason not to do what you could do if you wanted to do. Just tell the truth. You don't love him like that. I love you, Wednesday. Right? Right? Yo, you're frustrated with your spouse. And every spouse just look direct. If your spouse is around you, close to you, might see you on camera, just look. Just look at me. Don't give them no indication. I'm trying to keep the car ride good home, okay? Look at me. Right? So you got an issue with them. But now your kids catch the issue. 
See, the issue is your, 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 your disunity with your spouse. But now your kids, mama, can we go to McDonald's? You got some McDonald's money? We got food at the house. And then they say, mama, what you gonna cook? That's all you kids want me to do is cook. When y'all gonna cook for me? <laughs> There's some ramen noodles in there. Get you some noodles. And y'all gotta hook them up. You gotta put two sauces, sauce packs in there. You kids need to get creative. See, when I was coming up, and then you're telling these wild, outlandish stories when you know you was eating lobster and all this coming up. <laughs> Pay attention. His infirmity, it wasn't the issue. It was the handicap for the issue. It's what he told himself he couldn't do. Because you're about to see something. It's what he told himself I couldn't do. I can't move. I'm in this lease. Okay, you mean to tell me you, in, in 2022, you can't find a way to monetize that unit? It's quiet in the building. I can't move. I can't move. You mean to tell me what, what 4 million percent of jobs are having remote work? I said what I said, 4 million percent. They've outsourced everything. Have you been somewhere lately to try to get anything done? You go to the food restaurant, they act like, look, we didn't come in to work. Well, you came in here to eat. <laughs> but look, it's, it's not the issue. It's the handicap for the issue. It's what he told himself he couldn't do. And how long did he tell himself he couldn't do it? 38 years. I can't do this. I'm a man. I can't do this. I'm a black man. I can't do this. I'm a woman. I can't do this. I'm a black woman. I can't do this. I'm tall. I'm short. I'm black. I'm white. I'm this. I'm that. I'm that. I was born over here. I was born over there. Ooh, you can't do that in my city. You can't do this over here. You can't do what have you told yourself that you cannot do? Here's, here's bird number two. You're going to have to change your customs. You're going to have to change what you're used to. Because sometimes we become accustomed to saying what we can't do. And I need you to open up your mouth. Say, but my God is a God of possibility. Watch me do it. Verse six, verse six. When Jesus saw him lying there. So he's lying on his bed. And I, and I think what's interesting about this verse is although lying there is, is, is designed to indicate his posture and his position, it really also indicates his action. Because you've been lying to yourself for 38 years. You've been lying to yourself saying you can't do it for 38 years. You've been lying to yourself saying it ain't going to work for 38 years. You've been lying to yourself saying I can't find what I need for 38 years. Please touch somebody next to you and say stop lying to yourself. Say God is with you. When Jesus saw him lying there, he's lying there and he's lying while he's there. You ready? Where is he at? He's at a place called Bethesda. What does that mean? It means grace and disgrace at the same time. 
It means while he's giving you grace, which is something good you don't deserve, at the same time, the way you lie to yourself is a disgrace. Come on, this is Wednesday night. I can teach you like you're mature, right? See, you're in a place of grace, but the reality is, is that you have dissed grace. Disgrace. You've dissed grace. You've disrespected grace. Because for 38 years, you have not made any alteration or any change. And what did the Bible say? And Jesus knew he had been in that condition. Pay attention to the words. It didn't say that he was ill because he's not. You're about to see it, and when you see it, you're going to be like, I never saw that. And I'm going to be like, I know. That's why I said I was going to teach you something you never saw. <laughs> Jesus was like, I know you've been here for a long time. And for some of you, if I look at me, God is like, I know you've been dealing with that for a long time. I know you've been frustrated with that for a long time. I know you have lied so long to yourself that you actually believe it now. You ever met a pathological liar that lies so much to themselves that they believe it? They were like, I remember my trip to so-and-so. And you're like, you ain't never been out of. Come on, y'all, please. Everybody know, come on, wave at me in the building. You got some people that just, when they talk, you're like. <laughs> you start texting people like, here they go, lying, just lying. So you were in Vietnam, right? Okay. Okay, and you're 32? Okay, oh, okay. Okay. All right, you ready? Jesus had known that the man had been in that condition for a long time. Pay attention. Jesus came, you ready, for the long-termer. Yeah, okay, I'll come over here. He came for the ones that were in a place of grace. See, some of you, you've been saved, so you've, listen, you've been in grace for a long time. But there's still certain areas that are a disgrace not because of anything negative, but because an issue gave you a handicap. And because of the handicap, you've told yourself, I can't. But I need you to shout this thing like you mean this thing in this building and online. Because you about to come up tonight. You ready? On three, shout, I can. One, two, three. I can. One more time, Winston. Shout it again. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Jesus asked him this question. Do you want to be made well? Question. Better. Do you want to be? Bird number three. Are you really ready for better? This is interesting because everybody else, listen, came to Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, heal me, son of David, have mercy on me. Woman with the issue of blood. She said unto herself, if I could just touch it. Everybody else came to him. Jesus sought him out. He stepped over other people to seek him out. Wednesday, it, listen, I'll go by myself if I have to. Tonight, I come to tell you God is seeking you out. He's about to step over some other people. He's about to step over some stuff. And he came to get you tonight. Please lift one of your hands and say, come for me tonight, God. He sought him out. 
For everybody that feels lonely, you feel left alone, you feel like God doesn't care. This man is you because Jesus came to get this man. He said, I know you're watching everybody else on Instagram celebrate theirs and you wonder when you're going to get yours. You're watching everybody else look at, the, look at what the Lord is doing for me and you're like, God, when am I going to have a praise report to share? What if I told you that tonight was his announcement that during this feast season, he says, I'm coming and I'm coming to seek you out. You ready? You ready? You were fine where you were. You were okay with it being the way it was. But God says, but I'm not. Oh, my God. And the rest of this year is going to be the best of this year. Let's go. Let's go. We got to go. Y'all getting something tonight? Verse 7. The sick man answered. This is interesting. It's interesting. It's interesting. What is he? Sick. But we have a problem here. We have a problem. Because he thinks he can't walk. Uh-uh. Come on now. Come on, y'all make me work too hard. You ready? I got to get up early in the morning. Come on. Making me work too hard. What does John call him? The sick man. But, but this man thinks he can't walk. Okay. See, remember, his issue wasn't his issue. His issue was the handicap his issue created. The Bible says you're sick, sir. It doesn't say you can't walk. Y'all not listening to me. You're not listening to me. He says, something's wrong with the way you think. It's not that you're not going to be successful, y'all. Me. The sick man answered him. Look at me. It's sick, not unable to walk. So question, are you ready to deal with the real issue? You ready? How do you know that he didn't think he could walk? Look at the next, look at the next part of the verse, Wednesday. I'm teaching. You picking up what I'm putting down? Amen. Sir, you can be so good at being sick that you think because you're an honorable sick person that God honors your sickness. You can be a very respectful disgrace. Because you're comfortable. Sir, I have no man to put me in the pool. What does this mean, y'all? He doesn't think he can walk. But what does the Bible say? Ain't nothing wrong with your legs or your feet or your hip. When I dip, you can dip and we can both dip. Next part. When, when the water is stirred, when they take this broomstick and take the broom off the bottom of it, when the water is stirred, another person, come on, one of you singers, come on. Another person gets in front of me and gets in the water. Wow. He steps down before me. Bird number five. You can make excuses or you can make progress. But you can't do both. Open your mouth say, no more excuses. Say, I declare my next 12 months will be my best 12 months of life ever. Come on, Wednesday, speak this thing, speak this thing, speak this thing. Say, he's about 
to blow my mind. All right, let's get to this next part because we got to go. Jesus said to him, you ready? Now, he doesn't think he can walk. He doesn't think he can walk. And what's the Bible say he is? Sick. Where is this sickness at? In his mind. You ready? Let's go back to John 5, 3, the very first verse. I want to remind you this. Let me just do this like a doctor. Let me just take this. Let me take my scalpel and delicately cut this back. What does sick mean? Infected. What is, go to the last verse we were in. And the Lord said to the infected man. He said, somebody you met 38 years ago told you something. Something your daddy said to you 38 years ago. Something your mama said 38 years ago. A bad relationship you had 38 years ago. A failure in business you had 38 years ago. A situation that happened years ago, it infected you. And you have been carrying that infection for 38 years. And you think it's everybody else, you the sick one. You ready? Okay, next verse. Here we go. Jesus said to him, listen very carefully and wait before you do it. Rise! Take up your bed and walk. What does the man think he can't do? Walk. But what is he really? Sick, which means he's infected. Where do you get an infection? Somebody else. I came to get the infection out of your spirit, out of your soul, and out of your body tonight. Come on, Wednesday, we're about to go home. Just lift both of your hands and say, Father, I release any infection injected into me by people, places, things, and ideas. Every year prior to today, 525-22 is my healing day. We got to go. We got to go. He says, rise. So get up. I thought you couldn't do that. I thought you, you, for 38 years, you've been telling me you couldn't do that. But you just did it. Okay, do it again because I need to see it again. That's okay. Action. Ready? Take two. Ready? Action. Rise! Wait a minute. For 38 years. You see how easy that was? For 38 years, you kept telling me why you couldn't be a millionaire. For 38 years, you keep telling me why things couldn't work. For 38 years, you keep telling me why things wouldn't happen for you. For 38 years, you kept saying you couldn't find good people to be around. For 38 years, you kept saying, and nothing works for you. For 38 years, you kept saying you don't have support. But did you see how easy it was when somebody came and told you what it was you needed to do? Which means here's the sixth verse. You're going to have to follow instructions. Open your mouth, please, and say, Lord, give me the grace to follow instructions. All right, we're almost done. Almost done. Almost done. Rise. And then, and watch me. You ready? This is the part that shouted me today, and I was kind of mad that I didn't put it in my notes. But that's okay. I can still preach it. You're about to carry what used to carry you. He says, rise, 
You've been laying on that thing for that. You've been carrying that. Ex that excuse has been carrying you for 38 years. But you're about to carry what's been carrying you. You Take up your bed. And then he says, walk. 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 South side walking out. North side walking out. East side walking out. West side walking out. Walk it. Walk. Walk. Walk, 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 walk faster, walk faster. <laughs> Here we go. Look at me. I thought you couldn't do that. I want you to pay attention to what Jesus didn't do. And if y'all don't shout off of this Wednesday, next week you're going to watch me on video. Did he just do it? I sure did. Because y'all weather play too much. I need whether that's consistent. <laughs> I'm just messing. Y'all know I'm just playing. Y'all know I'm just playing. Now, you ready? Because here's what you want. In the name of Jesus. Take up your bed and walk. <laughs> I rebuke the spirit. Watch me. You know why God didn't have to rebuke a spirit? Because there was no devil. <laughs> this man didn't have a devil that was messing with him. Make sure you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying there is no devil. No, I ain't what What I'm saying is your problem ain't because of the devil. This is not a demonic possession. This is not a demonic infiltration. This is not the devil trying to hold you back. This is you holding yourself back. But I wish I had somebody in this building and online that would say, but I'm not holding myself back any longer. Oh, I'm not holding myself back any longer. I'm not holding myself back any longer. Jesus didn't lay his hands on him. Jesus would do stuff. Jesus spit on a lot of people. Don't worry. I'm not. <laughs> Jesus would spit on a lot of people. Right? And you think about it. You know, when you were a kid, your mom and them used to spit. She... That was the grossest thing. For those parents who still practice that, could you please get you some wet naps? Please. Jesus didn't lay his hands on him. Jesus didn't spit on him. Jesus didn't make mud. Jesus, Jesus didn't say, I command you, unclean spirit. Jesus said, oh, I see your problem. Your infection makes you ineffective. You only needed to be told that you could. So I'll tell you what you need to hear. You can do it. For every person who walked in here or who logged on tonight, Wondering if you could. Let me tell you what you need to hear. You can. You will. And you must. Wednesday, we're about to go home, and I need you to open up your mouth and say, I can, I will, and I must. Look at verse 9. And immediately. <laughs> How did it happen? Immediately. 38 years ended in three seconds 
Some of you don't believe it. So, Father, make a believer out of all the doubters. Father, make a believer out of all of those who say, I see it happen for other people, don't happen for me. Father, I ask that you would do this, not because you owe this, but simply to shut their doubt up. But simply to shut their fear up. Let what has persisted for years, let it be sudden fast forward movement in seconds. So therefore, I prophesy now that you would see sudden fast forward movement in areas of your life where it has been one way for years. But I prophesy to you tonight that you're about to be on bird number seven. Be okay with sudden fast forward movement. Sudden fast forward movement. Say it Wednesday. Sudden fast forward movement. Look at me. The man was made well. What was made well? His infection. <laughs> he took up his bed. And he walked. Walked towards me. Took up his bed. Got to know where you're walking to. <laughs> and he walked. That day was the Sabbath. I mean, it was Friday night going into Saturday evening. The day in the Bible begins the evening before. I want you to pay attention. What didn't he need? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You got to talk to people in Denver like that, you know. The miracle he thought he needed. What didn't he need? The miracle he thought he needed. What don't you need is that person that you think. What didn't he need? For 38 years, you've been waiting on this one miracle. You don't even need that. Because somebody showed the next to you say, you don't need what you've been waiting on. Oh, my God. That's going to, oh, my God. That's going to shout me. We're going to have after church church just for me. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it again. You don't even need. Look at me. What you've been waiting on. You ready? The man was made well, took up his bed, and walked, and that day was the Sabbath. Here's the last part, verse 10. The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. You walked all the way over here to tell me I've been laying on this for 38 years. You walked all the way over here to tell me not to carry my bed. And then they said, well, who told you? They said, well, the man who healed me told me. Here's bird number eight. When things actually start getting better, y'all are shouting now, you have to deflect your haters. <laughs> That's right, bitch, so don't get quiet now. I know your works. Look at me, you couldn't even celebrate the fact that I'm walking. You couldn't even, you couldn't say, no. only thing you're concerned about is me carrying my bed as you walked over here. 
with a pen and a pad to tell me that. Drop your pen in your pad, you old hater. Look at somebody next to you say, deflect your haters. Because you want to know what he did? He said, look, well, I ain't dropping my bed. Jesus told me to carry it. So you're going to need to take. So he said, you can go talk to Jesus about that. You're not going to apologize for being blessed. You're going to say, you can go talk to God about that. You're not going to be, oh, I just heard this. You're not going to apologize for being single and satisfied. Go talk to Je- I don't know who that's for. Go talk to Jesus about that. You ready? We're done. Verse 14. Afterward, Jesus, now this is the part that's interesting. Jesus found them in the temple. So Jesus, so they're in church. Here, give me, give me, can I have some chairs? And they had three chairs. And they had three, three, three chairs. Trace cheros. All right. How do you say chair in Spanish? We'll go with cheros. All right. Because <laughs> I can't make out what y'all saying. All right. Okay. So he in church. <laughs> Come on, come on. Let's make it a little bit more. He wasn't in an old school missionary Baptist church. He was in a 1990s church. They were singing Blessed for Offering. I need one more church member. Come on, church. It was men's choir Sunday. Everybody said, said. Watch what happens. Jesus in the middle of church while they singing. This this is my version. Walks over to the man. Remember when you couldn't walk? Wait a minute. I'll dare you sit in my house and not give me praise. I'll dare you log on and not. You couldn't even get into the church. Wait a minute. We're about to pause right there. I need everybody that knows God has done anything for you to release a great praise for a great God right there. You couldn't even be here if it wasn't for God. You wouldn't even be alive if it wasn't for God. Open your mouth. Say, he's been good to me. So watch me. Look at the verse. Look at the verse. Jesus finds the man in church at the temple. You know what Jesus says? See, what have I done for you? This is why, don't ever worry about somebody next to you saying, you too loud. You ain't loud enough. Online, when you're going crazy in the comments, go crazy in them comments. Because there was a day you couldn't get to the temple. There was a day the enemy told you you weren't good enough. There was a day the enemy told you you sinned too much, you screwed up too much. I don't know about you, but I'm just grateful that I can come into the presence of the most high God. I'm just grateful that he loves me. I'm just, any grateful people in this building? Look what Jesus tells him. He says, see, you have been made well. Look at you. You ain't got your little mattress no more. You ain't got your little sickness no more. You look better now. Watch this part. 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 He says, sin no more. Wait a minute. Shut the front door. He said, look. 
I didn't tell them that the reason you were down there was because of something you did. So the reason you had a handicap was because of something you got off into. It was because of something you got involved with. It was because of something you had no business doing. See, that's why you were in a place of grace and disgrace. Because it should have killed you. It should have taken you out. It should have knocked you down. He says, don't, watch me. He says, sin no more. Don't make that mistake no more. Don't fool with them people no more. Don't date that type of person no more. Don't think them type of thoughts no more. He says, don't do that again. He says, lest the worst thing come upon you. Here's bird number nine for better. Don't do that again. Because in the middle of the church, while they singing blessed during offering, Jesus says, you know why you're blessed? Because I blessed you. You know why you're good? Because I made it good. You know why you're the top? I made you the top. You know why people look at you the way they do? Because I make them look at you the way that they do. You know why you're favored? Because I favored you. You know why you got money? Because I gave it to you. You know why your family's together? Because I put them together. You know why your mind's together? Because I keep it together. Look at me. Look at me. Jesus said, Jesus said, you didn't do this. Everybody look at me. Everybody stand. We're going home. He said, well, y'all going home. I'm having after church. <laughs> it says, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. Sometimes you have to be careful because we want to take the glory. We want to take the credit. But I need you to just lift one of your hands and say, but the Lord did this. Just don't do that again. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're in this building or online, you need to become a Christian for the first time. This is your moment. Secondly, if you're giving your life to the Lord, but you've not been consistent, this is your moment to come back to the Lord. Third, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand, but I want to show up. Be sure today, wherever you're at in this building or online, on the count of three, I need you to just lift your hand online, do the hand wave emoji, or say, it's me, wherever you are at. Somebody say, this is my moment. God, draw your people unto yourself. You did this. You. Woo. You. And we are grateful. In Jesus' name. You become a Christian. Recommit yourself or be sure. Wherever you're at, on the count of three, wave that hand at me if you're in the building. Online, do the hand wave emoji. Say it's me. One. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise that hand in the building. Online, do the hand with the emoji or say it's me. Everybody, if you're on Clubhouse, you, you do the same thing. If you're on uh, TikTok, you do the same thing. Everybody say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian. Today, I heard revelation. I release the handicap. What I told myself I could not do. I can. 
I will. I must. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, text that number, decision to the phone number on the screen, 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.